the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good for Al Villanueva. He's an offensive lineman for the Steelers, in case you didn't know. But he's also a former Army Ranger. And if you're a Steeler fan, you know all about him. Uh, But for their Monday night football appearance last night, all of his teammates had the name Antoine Rose written on the backs of their helmets. Villanueva had the name Alwyn Cash, A-L-W-Y-N-C-A-S-H-E, on the back of his. Cash won the uh, Silver Star for bravery in Iraq uh, back in 2005. He saved several men by pulling them out of a fire, and uh, then he died from his injuries. He was basically on fire himself while he was uh, removing these uh, his uh, his fellow uh, troops from the uh, from the burning bi- uh, vehicle. There's a movement to waive the five year rule that uh, says he can't be awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor because it's t- been too long. Uh, he would be the first black man to win it. Uh, he. Five years is the limit, I guess, where you can be nominated. But the Steelers had released a statement before the game uh, saying that uh, he had that the team had decided to put Antoine Rose's name on their helmets for the entire season. So all year long, Antoine Rose's name will be seen at the bottom of the back of the Steelers' helmets. And small letters, but they show up very well on TV. Rose was shot by a policeman after the car he was riding in was pulled over because of a drive-by shooting that it had been involved in. Rose ran and was shot in the back. Uh, A jury with a black foreman and I believe two uh, black people on the jury uh, acquitted the cop. And this is what the Steelers said in their release about Antoine Rose after they had uh, written a few sentences, a couple of paragraphs actually, uh, to make a point uh, to say what a nice kid he was. Uh, This is a quote from the the statement. While the driver was being handcuffed on suspicion of being involved in an incident that happened earlier that evening. That's what it says. While the driver was being handcuffed on suspicion of being involved in an incident that happened earlier that evening. An incident. It was a drive-by shooting. No mention of that in the Steelers' statement. It was an incident that happened earlier that evening. I'm not sure, but if I remember correctly, the incident actually happened only a few minutes before the car was pulled over. It was an attempted murder that uh, Antoine Rose was going along for the ride on. And Rose was a passenger in the the car, and I believe they found ammunition on him, a magazine, something they found on him. But he's been elevated to martyr status because of an incident that occurred earlier that evening. That's what it said in the release. Do you think it might have been a good idea for one of the players, one of the Steelers players, if given the opportunity, uh, to speak to the kids who might also be elevating Rose to hero status because they saw or will see his uh, name on the back of the Steelers' helmets? Maybe it might have been a good idea to mention that the reason that Antoine Rose is dead is because he did something really stupid with a gun and that he resisted arrest, which seems to be... Where are we headed? Globalism? A new world order? A singular government power? If we yield over and decide that America is not unique, it's not special, it's not extraordinary, we no longer are the United States of America. We're just a piece of a bigger government. And what about prophecy? Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? 
now a new documentary, Trump 2024, the world after Trump, takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024 with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and yours truly, Eric Metaxas. The Messiah will not arrive on Air Force One. Watch Trump 2024, the world after Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Go to SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024. That's SalemNow.com. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stoggerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Finally, here's the inside story of how the deep state went after President Trump in a new book entitled Above the Law. This is Matt Whitaker, former acting United States Attorney General. My new book, Above the Law, is a first-hand account of how former FBI Chief James Comey and top officials in the Justice Department worked against President Trump. In my book, I explain how the double standards were applied to President Trump and his allies by the mainstream media to achieve its goals. And you'll learn how the Mueller investigation was able to produce a massive report for the purpose of political subversion, in spite of the fact that there was no evidence of wrongdoing by the president or his campaign. I also include my thoughts on how we ensure that this never happens again to another president or American citizen. It was an honor of a lifetime to serve this administration. In my book, you'll read why I encourage everyone to say yes to the call of public service. Get an up-close and personal perspective on Obamagate from inside the Justice Department. Read Above the Law, the eye-opening new book by Matthew Whitaker, available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Com. Hey, y'all. Hey. We're Diamond and Silk. You've seen us on TV and social media. Or maybe you read our new book, Uprising. Who the hell said you can't ditch and switch? Now, we're here to tell you about what's next. An exclusive video event, Diamond and Silk Unscripted, with the one and only Larry Elder. We'll be telling our truth about who we are and how it all began. How our faith gave us the courage and freedom to speak our minds and not allow anyone to dictate our destiny or our future. We will talk about the world we grew up in, mm-hmm. what led us to rebel against that world, and how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers. It's an exclusive video event from Salem Now, Diamond and Silk Unscripted with Larry Elder. Oh, you don't want to miss this. So log on to SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com for Diamond and Silk with Larry Elder. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. All 
right. John, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure to be on. So uh, what does the judge's ruling mean going forward for the people of Pennsylvania? Yeah, so it does a couple things, John. Unfortunately, the majority of the ruling, it deals with things that have already taken place. So the stay-at-home order from the governor, the business closures, uh, the the essential and non-essential list. Now, it does stop the it does set precedence and does stop the governor from doing that going forward. So, in other words, right now, if the governor decided, hey, uh, things are getting bad, I think everyone should stay home again, he wouldn't he'd legally not be able to do that. He wouldn't legally be able to deem certain businesses essential and non-essential. Uh, the, the biggest impact that it has currently would be on the governor's restrictions on gatherings and at, and at restaurants. So right now... And- the the governor has a limit of 25 people inside and 200 I think it's 250 people outside uh, is the cap. So that this ruling does away with that. So uh, that's pretty big. I mean, um, that means uh, uh, churches could actually hold services with with uh, more than 25 people inside. Yeah, absolutely. As of as of right now, the 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 judge's ruling is is law. Now I'm in, currently in Harrisburg. Uh, today, I do have meetings and briefings uh, later to discuss the legal aspects, all the all the ins and outs, and what this uh, what this affects going forward. But you know, John, this was a, it's a long time coming. It's a shame that it that it has taken this long. I wish this was done, you know, from from the beginning. I've always said from day one that one man does not and should not have the right to determine the fate of 13 million people in Pennsylvania. We often forget that, or the governor often forgot that we are a republic. We mm-hmm. still operate on democratic principles, where people get to send representatives to make and dictate laws, not one person. Yeah, and so if I'm a, if I'm a I know you're going to be speak, talking about this with your legal team, but if I'm a, um, a minister or a priest, can I hold uh, services this Sunday and there's nothing the government uh, the governor can do about it if I have a full church yeah I don't know I, I don't John I don't want to tell people to just go right out and do it until I get the till I have yeah. a legal briefing because I don't know I haven't gone through the whole ruling sometimes mm-hmm. something like this it may there may be a certain amount of days that something can take into effect um, b- before it's overturned but my, my understanding is that though is right now uh, what was in that ruling applies immediately. So even though the governor issued a stay uh, and is is appealing the ruling, I just don't want to say with 100% certainty before I have a uh, review with this with the with the legal team. To I just don't want to tell someone wrong information. Okay, uh, but um, now this was a federal judge who made this ruling. Yeah. Where is he appealing it to? So this was this was a this judge was um, there's certain there's certain levels even within within federal court. So even though this yeah. was a federal judge, the next level would be the federal district court. So there there would be a it's a larger basically a larger court. This was the federal district of Western Pennsylvania. Uh, the the next one is broken down into the two countrywide districts when you hear about the, the different different court members. Uh, and then the next appeal would be to the Supreme Court. Well, I'm reading from the what I think is the decision, uh, thanks to Bob Greenberg up in uh, Sharon, who's been on the show. He's been following this closely. He put this up on Twitter. So I believe what I'm reading from here is the, uh, the, the opinion of the judge. And he talks about the fact that uh, this, these groups were brought together to talk about what should be done. And the judge says none of their, quote, unquote, hundreds if not thousands of meetings were open to the public. No meetings minutes were kept. And, quote, unquote, formality was not the first thing on their minds. Uh, he's, the judge seems to think that uh, too much of this was done in the dark. Yeah. Uh, I in. 
I agree with him 100%. Not only was there too much done in the, done in the dark, there was hypocrisy and ever-changing goalposts on it. And I always mention that all you needed to know about the governor's orders was that his former business was received a waiver during mm-hmm. his business waiver process, uh, while other businesses that did the same thing were not allowed to open. And also that the secretary Levine's mother was pulled out of a personal care home at the same time that COVID positive patients were being forced into them. Yeah, that was uh that was a little strange. Um, also, didn't uh, the health secretary have uh, something to do with a, allowing a car show to go on? Oh yeah, so they cut a they cut a back room they cut a back room deal, basically because they didn't want egg on their face. I mean, I, I think if if that lawsuit they they settled to let them to do it because I think that they knew as well as everyone else did that if the Carlisle Car Show pursued uh, pursued the lawsuit that they they would have lost the state would have lost. It's it's. Uh, again, I think the, the there's a uh, in the opinion from the judge. I have a quote here, and he says the the Constitution cannot accept a concept of a new normal where the basic liberties of the people can be subordinated to open ended emergency mitigation measures. Hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, the point that the judge made was just because there's an emergency doesn't mean that you get to suspend the Constitution of the United States of America. Yeah, that and, you, uh, one man does not get to just rule because that there's an emergency. Now, you know, in the state's constitution, we we do grant some liberties to the to the governor, um, but those 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 extra liberties to the granted to the governor, John, are intended for the purpose of the legislature not being able to meet. Mm-hmm. When we talk about disaster, it would they're 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 talking about. Uh, you know, whether it be um, a hurricane, widespread flooding, whatever it is, instant uh, cases where the House of Representatives and the Senate could not get together and work on something to pass laws for the situation. Yeah, in, and, eight, in eighteen twenty, that, that in eighteen twenty, that might have been a little bit more of a, an issue. You know, yeah, when they had absolutely. The, the roads weren't quite as good, and there were no Howard Johnsons on the turnpike or anything. Uh, you know? Absolutely. It, it, <laughs> what we've even proven this time is is that we've offered the members the ability to uh, to, to to telework, and mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot of people have done that to to vote remotely. You know, in the first time in the history of the state of Pennsylvania, you had people that could that could vote remotely. Uh, we were able to still function. Uh, you know, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, nothing, the, the House of Representatives and the Senate of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania were able to operate, and there's absolutely no reason that the governor needed to go alone and make unilateral decisions. Uh, we're talking to Ryan Warner. He represents District 52 in Harrisburg uh, as a state representative, and um, uh, we're talking about the governor here and, his, uh, and the ruling by the judge. Here's something else from his uh, opinion it says uh, its members, um, I guess he's talking about the committee to, to create all this stuff, its members uh, consisted solely of employees from the governor's policy and planning office, none of whom possess a medical background or are experts in infection control. <laughs> so that's kind of a big deal, I think. I mean, well, well, I, I didn't go to law deal. school, but I don't need any of that. I wouldn't need to have gone to law school to think that that was a problem. Yeah, it, it, you know, the... Look, I, I don't. I, I don't mean to to insult the Secretary Levine's intelligence. I'm, I'm sure she's a very smart person, but her background is in child psychology, not not mm-hmm. infectious diseases, John. Child right. psychology. Uh, the person is calling the you know, and that's, I think that was the biggest offense to me while we were debating a lot of this stuff on the House floor as we were trying to the the fight uh, to, to to restore our liberties from the governor is that the 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 House Democrats often said, well, no one here, uh, none of the House Republicans are medical experts. Uh, I didn't know that you needed to be a medical expert to pass law. Governor Wolf isn't a medical expert, and Secretary Levine isn't a medical expert in infectious diseases. So that's kind of a new point. Yeah, and here's what it says, too. The governor, this is from the judge and from his opinion. The governor never attended meetings of the various teams, but he, quote, participated in regular calls and updates with members of his administration, and he was, quote, briefed and consulted on key matters. It's nice of him to be briefed 
Um, mm-hmm. And it says, ultimately, without ever conducting a formal vote, the teams, by consensus, when there was a favorite uh, approach everyone agreed on, that's a quote. I guess he's getting this from the, the some report somewhere. That's where these quotes come from. Mm-hmm. Put together the scope of an order and submitted it to the governor through his chief of staff for approval. So um, it's there's people who have no idea about medicine, or at least about effect, uh, infectious diseases, um, and they're making the decisions unilaterally. And the governor is still apparently, obviously, he thinks that he's in the right. He's appealing this. He, he thinks he's he he the, the, the uh, yeah, judge is wrong. He just had he he just had a. Uh temper tantrum uh, this morning, John, there was, a, there was a press conference calling out the Republican legislature and the uh, president of the United States. Uh, meanwhile, he, he fails to mention that oh, none of us are judges. The president isn't a judge. I'm not a judge. It was a judge that made this ruling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's blaming, he's blaming us for the ruling. Uh, you know, that's, it's, it's how I, I the governor, seriously, they, they, in his entire Staff, they need a they need a lesson in in civics, John, uh, and the three branches of government and separation of powers. Uh, that would probably do this state a lot of good. So, um, while I have you here, um, speaking of all this, um, the uh, the the bill that was passed uh, went through the Senate, I think, by a vote of thirty one to nineteen to allow each individual school district to determine what to do about fall sports. Uh, that's been vetoed by the governor. So where do we stand on that? I don't know if he's officially vetoed it yet. Uh, if he did, I wasn't, I was not aware of that yet. I do know that he had, he has 10 days to make action on it. And he said that he is going to veto it. Uh, but regardless, uh, even if he did, when he, if the veto is eminent or he, he already did, we will attempt to override that veto. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have enough Based on the votes on the bill itself, theoretically, there should be enough votes to override the governor's veto if the people voted for the bill, honestly believed in the bill. Now, if anyone caves, it's going to be because they're trying to protect the governor. Yeah, uh, and, I, and this would mean that um, – what, what about the – and getting back to this, this, um, this ruling by the judge uh, – would it? What does this do for high school football games and the number of spectators allowed there? Well, John, because that's a because that's a, a public uh, PIWA is public. I don't know if that is under the same purview of this ruling. Uh, that's some of the stuff I'm hoping to, the more of what I'm hoping to find out from the legal team is how this affects everything. But based on my reading of the the lawsuit itself and the ruling from the judge i don't think this is going to have an effect on the any minimum cap set on school districts so you don't think this is going to mean that you can have five thousand people at a football game or no now an nfl game because it's a private entity and a business this may have an effect on but uh piwa sanctioned events i don't believe that I don't believe that this is going to have the same um, the same effect on. And um, so going forward here, this is it's now September fifteenth. The kids are some kids are back in school, some aren't. Um, we've talked about this quite a few times on the show now. Um, and you, the Republicans, have been trying to open up the state uh, in many ways uh, for businesses and everybody else. At what? At what point is there going to be some kind of a breakthrough? I mean, I, I guess you would call this ruling by the judge some kind of a breakthrough, but is there anything that's going to just break the stalemate and, and maybe uh, people are going to actually see a major difference in what they're allowed to do? Yeah, John, unfortunately, this is just my opinion. I think if you're looking for a monumental or breakthrough victory, I think this is, it'll have to be a ruling from the, the United States Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And it would probably be on the legislation that we we have here. Uh, anything else, John? We're going to be it, it's just chipping away. I mean, that's that's what we can do right now. What because uh, Democrats continue to stand behind the governor, uh, we cannot get two thirds vote to overturn anything that he's done. Uh, because the state Supreme Court is stacked uh, with liberal uh, justices. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, we don't have a chance in the, the state Supreme Court. We've lost each case that, that we, we've sent there, which just on a quick side note, which is why I'd like to remind people that those judicial elections are just as important, if not more important, than the gubernatorial and the presidential elections. Those off-year elections have dire consequences, and people need to get out and vote for them, too. Uh, but, I, I mean, it, it's just going to be it's going to be a battle, John. It's just going to continue to be a battle. Well, I, I, at least the, at least there's somebody out there who has called the governor out, you know, and someone, uh, a, 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 a um, at least someone considered a, um, a, a neutral observer. Hey, Ryan, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being on and uh, keep pushing out there in Harrisburg. Hey, John, a- anytime, John. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. At the White House earlier today, President Trump presided over a couple of historic diplomatic agreements between Israel and two Gulf Arab nations. The landmark agreements will formalize Israel's warming relations with the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain. Forecasters say Hurricane Sally could dump flooding rains on a path from Mississippi to the Carolinas this week. That's after the storm makes landfall on the Gulf Coast. The National Weather Service says up to eight inches could fall later this week across parts of Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and the Carolinas after Sally comes ashore near the Mississippi-Alabama state line. U.S. industrial production slowed to a modest four-tenths percent increase in August, far below the strong rebounds in recent months. Stocks finishing higher today, the Dow gained two points, the Nasdaq up 133, and the S&P 500 was up one. This is SRN News. Excuse me, have you ever discussed life insurance? Well... Sort of. Have you talked about who'll pay the mortgage if one of you passes? We definitely haven't talked about that. Well, then you should talk to SelectQuote. SelectQuote shops for you, getting you quotes from some of the country's most trusted companies, finding you the right coverage with the right carrier at the right price in minutes. Is it affordable? Well, how affordable does $500,000 in coverage for as little as a dollar a day sound? That's great. We can afford that. To get your free quote, call 1-800-212-1166 or go to selectquote.com today and get the protection they need at a price you can afford. That's 1-800-212-1166 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Dan Proft tries to wrap his head around riots and looting. You tell me that somebody got the right to tear down property that American taxpayers paid for and somebody has the right to destroy it, deface it, and tear it down? What kind of people have we become? What kind of people have we become? That's an operative question going into full-fledged election season, isn't it? The Dan Proft Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. God's Word is power, and we need to be in His Word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. This is Joe. Joe thinks he's seen it all. Gold-encrusted pork chop? Seen it. Cat with a dog tattoo? Seen it. But when it comes to identity theft, Joe only monitors his credit and bank statements, so he may not see threats like new loans in his name or his info for sale on the dark web. Didn't see that coming. LifeLock helps detect and works to fix identity theft. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock spots threats you may not. Oh, now I see what you mean. Save 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh. W223. 
KTS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer Mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Very busy on the outbound Parkway East. You'll see those congestion delays from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. About seven extra minutes there. Inbound heavy Stanwicks to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, minor slowing inbound between Banksville Road and the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound 376 off ramp to Montour Run Road. That's shut down for construction through September the 24th. Looking pretty good right now along 28 both directions. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Tonight we'll see clear skies, expect a low tonight of 50. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny and pleasant. Tomorrow will reach a high of 78. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies, low 56. Thursday, cloudy skies with a high of 71. Thursday night, mostly cloudy, low 48. Friday, partly sunny, the high 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Now, President Trump had a nice I told you so day today at the White House with the leaders of Israel, Bahrain, and the United Arab Emirates standing with him. He said, we're here this afternoon to change the course of history. After decades of division and conflict, we mark the dawn of a new Middle East. Seems like a pretty big deal. How much credit will he get is the big question. Byron York is the chief political political correspondent for the Washington Examiner and author of the book Inside the Washington Establishment's Never-Ending War on Trump, and he joins us now. Thanks for being here, Brian. Byron. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm doing this from home because of the pandemic, and... Uh, my internet went out, so it's kind of a you know fly by a seat of our pants right now. But I hope if we, if it dumps out on us, I'm I'm apologizing in advance. But thanks for being here. All right, thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that this and my dogs are also likely to bark, so don't worry about that either. Um, I, I have a feeling that this story is um, the the story about the Middle East is not going to get the uh, kind of play for Trump that it might have gotten for Obama. You know, I just uh, tweeted something about this, actually. I looked at the New York Times website and the Washington Post website. And the Washington Post website, to their credit, has uh, at the top of the site uh, the story that there's been this historic agreement at the, uh, about the Middle East at the White House. So it says, Israel signs deal establishing formal ties with two Arab states at the White House. So it's right up at the top of their website. So you go to the New York Times, and you look at the top, and it's not there. There's something about the, uh, the, the fires out west. That's a big story. And there's something about how climate migration will reshape America. And there's another thing about climate change. And then there's a story, Trump health official apologizes for Facebook outburst. Uh, then there's a story about coronavirus in Europe and another story about coronavirus. And it's really uh, nowhere to be found. So uh, I, I think you're right. They they won't uh, they wow. won't get a lot of credit. I mean, um, it seems like a pretty big story. Um, that's that's and and you know you've been in journalism a long time. Has, can it be any worse than that? I mean that that a story that this is a this is a pretty big deal. And for, well, a, for a, a, they could be impeaching be the president. That was worse. What's that? They could be impeaching the president. That was pretty. Oh bad. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. even wrote a book about it. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, it's it's um, it's uh, it's amazing to me, and I'm, I'm waiting to see what the cable networks do with it tonight in in their primetime shows. Um, and again, if it if it's Obama, they would they the slobbering would have been embarrassing if this would have happened uh, under his watch. Um, but uh, Donald Donald Trump trashed a lot of Republicans uh, on the way to his nomination. And you've been in Washington a long time, uh, and you've written a book about the war. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, you've been in Washington a long time. Were you surprised by how many of those Republicans at least uh, are now acting, you know, like they're they're big fans of Donald Trump right now? And how much of that is sincere? Do you think? Well. It doesn't really matter how much is sincere, um, seeing as how there's an election uh, coming yeah. up. And I, I think, look, um, one thing I think experience in politics shows is you 
you're probably not going to be elected running from the president of your party, running away from mm -hmm. the president of your party. Um, also, uh, you know, the, the, the race is still within contesting distance. Uh, we had a new Fox poll the other day. Biden had a five-point uh, national lead, 51-46. Uh, the polls have, have closed quite a bit in some key states. Midsummer, Biden had an eight-point lead in Florida. Now it's one point. Um, the other key states, we're talking about Florida, North Carolina, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona. The other key states, with the exception of Arizona, are closer than they were a few months ago. So... Um, if you're running for Congress or for the Senate, you'd be you'd be nuts to try to run away from the president. I mean, that's just a way to guarantee your defeat. You might lose anyway, but you'll guarantee it if you do that. Yeah, and even and with the 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 situation when Donald Trump took over, I mean, being an outsider, um, are, are there still um, people out there who only like him because it's good for them politically, or has he actually won some new friends? Do you think he has actually? won some of his former, maybe enemies is a strong word, but uh, has he won some of those people over? Well, you know, on this day uh, where we're looking at his uh, uh, brokering a peace deal between mm -hmm. Israel and Bahrain and Israel and the UAE, I mean, that's a big deal. We were just talking about that. And, yeah. there, you know, Trump has real accomplishments to point at. And when you add them all up... Um, they're pretty significant. Uh, some of them, uh, like his economic uh, accomplishments, are good for everybody. Um, some of them, like his court appointments, make conservatives very happy. Uh, uh, others, like uh, the ones today, are also good for everybody. So, um, I mean, there's, there's a case to be made. And if you're a Republican politician, uh, it makes no sense to say, well, you know, I kind of agree with what they say about Trump on CNN, but I'm a Republican and I'd still like you to to uh, elect me. I mean, that's just not going to work. We're talking to Byron York. He's the chief political correspondent for the Washington Examiner. He's the author of the book Inside the Washington Establishment's Never-Ending War on Trump. Um, so... Are, are the Republicans who Trump thinks are his friends, but they're not, uh, are, they, are they still part of the war against him, the, the Lincoln Project, people like that? Well, Trump doesn't think they're his friends. <laughs> if you're, yeah, right. if you're talking about the Lincoln Project, I mean, look, they, the Lincoln Project is doing some of the dirty work that, um, that Democrats would prefer not to do in attacking the president. You know, if you're in a political campaign, if you're one candidate wants to attack the other, but he only wants to go so far. I mean, there's some attacks that are kind of low blows that he would rather have his allies do and not do himself. Well, that's, that's what the kind of stuff that the Lincoln Project does. So uh, nobody in the Trump campaign is ever going to confuse uh, the Lincoln Project or most of the other never-Trumpers, many of whom have actually become Democrats. Uh, none of the, nobody at the Trump campaign is going to confuse them for allies. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, you again, you're a great guy to have on because I've been I've been uh, following you since uh, way back in your National Review days, and uh, so you've been around this stuff for a long, long time. What's the war that you write about in your book going to look like if Trump wins? What happens to the war? I mean, can, that's a really it... interesting question, um, and be, because um, you know, if if Trump loses. You can make some predictions about what Democrats will do. But if Trump wins, um, we know the intensity of feeling on the Democratic side. We know they believe right now. I mean, Hillary Clinton has said the only way Trump can win is through cheating, by suppressing the vote, or intimidating people. So they believe that they already believe that any Trump victory would be illegitimate. And the thing that's concerning is that uh, if Trump does win, they believe it's illegitimate, but they have already tried the legal and constitutional remedy for removing mm -hmm. a president from office, which is impeachment, which they did right. less than a year ago. Um, they might want to impeach him again. Fine. Go for it. But... Um, uh, they don't really have any other remedies, and and yet the the fever pitch is is even higher than it was 
a year ago or a year before that. Uh, they counted on, this is the story I tell in my book, I mean, they counted on Robert Mueller to deliver mm-hmm. them the goods, to sort of come to Capitol Hill with stone tablets, with this indictment of Trump, and then uh, deliver a Watergate-style performance on TV, and all of a sudden the whole nation would decide that they want to remove Donald Trump from office. And, well, that didn't work. It was it was a, a disaster, actually. And um, then, almost immediately, they uh, seized upon the Ukraine matter to impeach the president, and they actually went through and impeached him on it. And, of course, uh, they... In the House, they did not get a single Republican vote, not a single Republican vote for their impeachment. So it was definitely a partisan impeachment. And uh, the result was the same in the Senate, with the exception of uh, Mitt Romney uh, on one count against Trump, becoming the first senator ever to vote against a president of his own, to remove a president of his own party. Um, But so they tried this before. And I do wonder, and I worry, that if Trump is reelected, legitimately reelected, wins the Electoral College, uh, what they will do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you write in your book that uh, it's clear that Mueller was in no mental condition to run the investigation. He made that pretty clear pretty quickly in his uh, testimony, didn't he? Well, the testimony I just mentioned, it was on um, yeah. July 24th, 2019. Yep. And there's a big buildup, and Mueller, um, it was just a, a major failure. Mueller seemed confused at times. He seemed unable to handle some very basic questions, seemed unable to form complex sentences. And the thing about that was a number of people remarked, wow, he's just not the Robert Mueller who was head of the FBI 15 years earlier. He's, he's really, really slowed down. He's had some cognitive difficulties. This was not a surprise to the Trump team because more than a year earlier, in April of 2018, there had been a meeting between the two sides. Rudy Giuliani had just joined the uh, Trump defense team. Uh, there was a get acquainted meeting, and the conversation turned to uh, a legal doctrine, a, a, a Justice Department doctrine, that the, a sitting president cannot be indicted. Now, this is not arcane stuff. This was a major, major part of the whole Trump-Russia-Mueller investigation. And so when the conversation turns to that, Mueller does not recall that doctrine. He doesn't know that opinion from the Justice Department. Now, the old Robert Mueller would have known all about it. But the fact was, he was sitting there, and he didn't recall it. And his staff covered for him, as they did. Uh, They said, you know, we'll get back to you. Yeah, we'll be thinking about that. We'll be back to you. But afterwards, um, the Trump people said, wow, what is going on? He doesn't seem to be uh, really in command of this. And then it was the only time Giuliani ever met or spoke to Mueller for for another year of the investigation. Uh, They would not let Mueller talk on the phone to any of the Trump team. They They didn't have any more meetings with the Trump team. So something was going on, and the thing that this is the thing that made this important is not just that you know you have concerns about just human concerns for a person who's struggling here, but remember when Mueller first started, he hired a bunch of people, lawyers who had given a lot of money to Democrats, including Andrew Weissman, who had actually attended Hillary Clinton's election night event yep. in New York, yep. hoping to celebrate a Clinton victory. <laughs> And a lot of people, Trump protested at the time and said, wait a minute, there's this investigation of me and you're having a lot of, you're hiring a bunch of partisan Democrats to do it. And and Mueller's defenders said, Robert Mueller is so down the middle. He is so straight down the line. I remember that, that, yeah. he He will keep these prosecutors in line. He will ride herd over them. Well, so then they see that he's not able to do that. And they ask themselves, who is really in charge over there? And we don't really know the answer to that. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. So, the, you know, I mean, the, the Mueller report was the Mueller report in name only, and the Trump people had no idea who was actually calling the shots. But they really couldn't say that, though, could they? No. Or they may have insinuated it. it. It's... Um they, they couldn't come out and say it. I mean, look, they didn't know it for a, a certifiable fact. They didn't have a medical report. Um, but but it was pretty clear. 
what was going on, and they felt they were they were worried about it. Uh, they did feel, as as you just mentioned, that uh, the report was not the results of Mueller. And here's a, here's a quote from Jay Sekulow, who told me this. And most of the people in this book, by the way, almost all of them, speak on the record. So this is not a bunch of off-the-record, uh, not anonymous mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Bob at the end, Bob meaning Bob Mueller, Bob at the end was AWOL. That was the great con. He showed up for cameo appearances. He was the Wizard of Oz. He was back behind the big curtain, pulling some strings here and there. But when you pulled the curtain away... He wasn't even really the one pulling the strings. So they were, you know, very curious about what was going on and didn't really understand because the Mueller people didn't want him to understand. They were in total denial that there was any problem at all with Mueller. Now, what about the the Democrats? They had to be aware of it. The, the word we get around in Washington, and I only have about a minute left, but what about the Democrats? How would they not have known that, or did they know it, and they, they were trying to keep it quiet, I don't too. think they really did or really appreciate it, because remember, the Democrats were the ones who were pressuring Mueller to come testify, because you know the fact that Mueller had failed to find collusion in his report was a great blow to them, and they wanted to, to have a really big show, a Watergate-style hearing show, where Mueller comes and delivers this great performance. And Mueller is very reluctant to do it. I mean, he, he realizes this would be a big problem for him. And Bill Barr, the attorney general, uh, who knows that Mueller is having these cognitive issues, he knows it. He offers Mueller a way out. He said, look, if, if, if the special counsel doesn't want to testify, I will totally support that. Uh, but Democrats would not be denied. They had to have their Mueller show. So I think mm-hmm. you can say they probably really didn't know the extent of his problems. Hey, Byron, I'm out of time. I really appreciate it. The book is uh, The Washington Establishment's Never-Ending War on Trump. Uh, great job on the book, and thanks for being on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Byron York, and we'll be right back. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Retirement is something you only want to do once. At Dugos Financial Group, John Dugos has spent 33 years helping clients plan wisely with the hope and the goal that they never have to work again unless they want to. As owner of Dugos Financial Group and a registered representative with an independent financial services firm, John offers an objective review of your portfolio and life insurance plan at no cost. Like most, you may be surprised just how much risk you're currently exposed to. If you're concerned about the current state of our economy and market volatility, you should know there are secure investment vehicles designed to protect your principal from downside risk and provide upside potential. They're designed to offer a lifetime of income to last all retirement long. Call 724-327-2601 for a complimentary analysis or visit dugosfinancial.com. Dugos Financial Group and Fortune Financial Services are separate entities. Securities offered through Fortune Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Hey, John Stoggerwald here. I'm just here to tell you how much I love my pillow and how it's changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. That's really amazing. Now, I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a MyPillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. Now, it comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. And it's made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. 
Just go to MyPillow.com and save 30%. Use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. When you do, Mike gives you two standard MyPillows free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we had a little bit of a technical problem in our uh, first segment, and um, I don't know if... um, you, if you were listening, you might have seen it, heard that it was a little bit confusing, but I had recorded an interview with Ryan Warner, the state rep from uh, Fayette County, to talk about, and he, we, I, I think we, we were okay, we got the interview on, but I just wanted to uh, kind of do the intro to the interview now that I, that I couldn't do because we, were, uh, we lost our Internet uh, connection, and that's how this radio program gets on the air because I'm still doing it from home. But... Uh, Ryan Warner is a Republican, and he's from the 52nd District in Fayette County. And he was on to talk about the um, the fact that the federal judge declared a lot of what uh, Tom Wolf has done to be unconstitutional. So let's hope that it. Uh, and as he said in the interview, it doesn't necessarily mean that restaurants can open up now, and or that um, well, it might mean that, but it, it's not going to mean that high school football games can have. 2,000 people there, which is unbelievably stupid, but that's that's where we are. We're still there. And, uh, and you know, the, I guess the first step is to declare that stuff unconstitutional. It's too bad it wasn't done like three months ago. But that's where we are. And I uh, apologize for a little bit of confusion there on the first half hour of the show, but uh, good to have Byron York on. We, just, we were able to make it work about one minute before he was due to go on. So that was good. It happens in radio. Still working here from the uh, beautiful palatial estate here in the Washington County. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.